0: Hey guys, I am Stephanie Goss and this is another episode of the Uncharted podcast. This week on the podcast, Andy and I are diving into a great set of questions that came in through the mailbag from a practice manager who is struggling with um, having great pay at their practice, but not having a whole lot of benefits. And the main heart of their questions were, how do I show value to my practice owner um, or how do I have the conversation about the fact that we need to offer benefits? Because we are losing team members to other local practices where they are getting things like retirement plans, more vacation time and better discounts. So how do I have that conversation and how do I show them, demonstrate to them that we need better benefits? And then how does a clinic add benefits to their employment package without breaking the bank. So those are great questions. I, of course, got super excited to nerd out on this one. And so I would love for you guys to um, come join us in the conversation. And now, the Uncharted Podcast.
1: And we are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke and Stephanie, giving you the benefit of the Goss. (laughs) Goss. (laughs) It's like five o'clock in the afternoon. I am I am punchy. It has been a long. (laughs) It has been a long day.
0: This is going to be a very punchy episode.
1: Yeah, I want to (laughs) apologize for my conduct before we get started. Oh my goodness, how's it going, Andy? It's been a long day. It's been a long day. I am I'm gonna I'm gonna get my words straight. It's been a long day. My brain is uh, squishy, squish, squish. And, um, and yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's summer, it's summer stuff and the clinic is crazy busy and, um, the kids are out of school and they haven't started any sort of camp or anything. So they're just climbing the walls at home and it's, um, it's, it's fun ish. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's like, it's a lot of free time that feels like work yeah. is what it is. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's right.
0: And we've been together since uh nine o'clock this morning my time. And so we're yeah. running on hours of having been together today and not physically in the same place, but doing work together all day long. And so I think uh as much as we love each other, we are tired <laughs> and yeah. ready for ready for some time off camera and some time apart from one another, I'm sure. So. Yeah.
1: No, no, it's 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 that time. We got going to the beach next week with oh, the family. Nice. And it is going to be I, I need it. I'm ready. Yay. I'm ready to have a little downtime. So, so, well, that's, that's what I'm doing.
0: Let's get into it then, because this is a good one. I'm super excited to talk about this one. We um we had some conversation uh recently with someone that uh inspired this question, which was, um you know this is um a practice where they have had good pay for their area, um and it's funny because we recently uh just did just did an episode about when we don't pay enough. But this is a practice where they pay well for their area, but they the offset is they've never offered much in terms of benefits. And so it's a manager who was saying, I'm losing team members t- because they are able to get retirement plans and vacation time and better discounts at other practices locally. And so they were asking, what do I do to help show them and buy them uh, they meant the practice owner uh, that we need to offer benefit better benefits, and they were asking how can we add benefits to our employment package without breaking the bank. And so yeah. I'm super excited to talk about this one because it's 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 a common area of discussion for managers. Oh yeah,
1: oh totally, and and, and I I love this one. There's there's some real strategy in here. Um, you are really good at this as far as breaking this stuff down. There's also uh, some conversation skills here mm-hmm. I think that are really important. Yep. Let's let's start with headspace, Kay. right? So you're the manager and you're going to go try to talk to the practice owner and uh, and try to get him or her on on board. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I I think that's really important uh, is to put yourself in the shoes of the owner here. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is a conversation that that can blow up in our face. Yes. And, and and it shouldn't like this, this is one of those things where it's like, there should be no, nothing contentious about this conversation. Yeah. This should be a hundred percent, just be a discussion of what we're doing, what our options are, do, how do we want to go forward? No judgment, just looking at what is being as what's being said and, and what feedback we're getting. It should not be a contentious conversation. It hundred percent can be. Mm -hmm. And so headspace going into this has got to be, I want to take care of the other person in the conversation. I do not want this to be a judgmental conversation. I do not want them to feel like they're cheap. I do not want them to feel like they're holding out or they're not trying to do enough. You know, um, you can just hit all of those Weird money buttons with this conversation Mm -hmm. that people can get uh, bent out of shape about. And there's no reason. We don't need to press those buttons. Uh, But it can happen really easily. And Mm -hmm. so, what I want to do is make sure that we sort of honor what the owner has done in the past. You know, we always start off with commonality. What can we agree on? What is good that we both see and like? What is important to both of us? Mm -hmm. What are our values? Start the conversation with that stuff right? Talk about, talk about all the good stuff that they've done. Talk about how all the good things that are going on in the practice, build a good safe place where the person doesn't feel like they're being called in and criticized. Uh, this is an update on how things are going and here's the good stuff. And then we are having a struggle. We're talking about a challenge in this area. And I want to talk strategy. Yeah. And that's very much how I want to set that up. Mm -hmm. Not, hey, you would never given anyone benefits and now they're all leaving. Mm -hmm. Like that feels very different. You know, you've Mm -hmm. never given anybody benefits and now they're leaving. Makes it say like, hey, you're you're a cheapskate and you've been holding out. And that's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just want to I need to make it clear that that's not what I'm saying at the very beginning.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I think you're spot on. This is one of those conversations that a lot of us just avoid having because it can be really awkward and uncomfortable, but it doesn't mean that the conversation doesn't still need to happen. And that's, I think the the um, sad part is that for a lot of us, we just avoid having the conversation, but I think we're getting to the point where for a lot of us, we can't avoid it anymore because we are losing people and we're hemorrhaging people. And I think it's a part of the conversation. And so I think when we're talking to practice owners, Um, their identity is very much tied to their medicine, but a piece of it is also very much tied to how they run a business. And if, if they feel like they are doing their best to take care of their people, and I would hazard a guess that this owner is a great example of one of those who they have put their money where their mouth is and they're paying good wages. And they feel like they are doing a great job of taking care of their people if they, um, If they feel otherwise, even if they're the ones making themselves feel otherwise by how they're interpreting what you're saying, the conversation can go sideways really quickly. And so um, for, for me, definitely a part of how I approach this conversation is very much in how I frame it and how I circle around to the bulk of the conversation, but also being prepared when we get to the bulk of the conversation to be able to document and show things to the practice owners so that it's not a nebulous conversation of, well, I, I feel like the reason we're losing people Mm -hmm. is because we're not offering benefits. That is very different than being able to say, we are doing a, a great job of attracting people because we have been able to hire, you know, 10 new people in the last 18 months. And out of the team that has left, I have done exit interviews with them and on 90% of their surveys, when I asked them, is there something we could have offered you that would have made you consider saying they answered benefits as their option, that feels radically different in terms mm. of receiving that information.
1: Yeah, I, I would also point out, I don't know what percentages are. You said, you know, there's a factory owner and and he may think that he's doing a great job paying the staff. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how many, practice owners think they're doing a great job versus how many think that they're doing the best that they can do, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Sure. And and so, so I, I, I I have a feeling that first Blanche there, there's at least a percentage of practice owners who are going to immediately kind of have a scarcity mentality of, oh crap, we can't afford to pay them anymore. Yes. Um, and that's going to be their first knee jerk reaction. So the the last part of headspace for me is uh, I want you to set realistic expectations and, uh, so part of that is I want to go into this conversation, not setting off a, a knee jerk reaction of we can't afford to pay these people. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just I just want to talk about what is possible or what might be possible. Yeah. And I'm also not going to plan to come out of this conversation with a definitive plan for benefits. Yep. And that this is not the, this is the opening conversation. No, this is going to be a process. You're not going to be like, hey, so uh, we need benefits. And they're like, hey, cool. uh, Let's put down a 401k. Yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking 10 days vacation. What do you think? 14, 10, Uh, you know, like that. That's not how this is going to go. Right. The first is going to be Opening up the uh the thought process and the conversation. so yeah. yeah, key phrases for me at least key things in my mind are I'm not asking you to commit to anything. I just want to talk about what might I want to explore what might be possible, and I want to start the thought process today and this is probably going to take some time.
0: um do you have anything else from a headspace perspective because I think that those two things that we just talked about are are really good. I think you have to. You have to approach it and frame it in a good way yeah. and don't go into it expecting to have a plan. The The other piece that I would tack on to that is you should have a plan and we're going to talk about that when we dive into what can we do about it, but um, expecting the owner to digest any information in this conversation is a bad idea and you definitely should plan a multi-step approach to this. Um, and, and implementing it.
1: So, I, one, so one more thing in Headspace before we take a break. Now that you're okay. saying this, I'm like, you. last part of Headspace, you should not be triggered going into this. Oh, yeah. Right? Good point. And like one way I have seen people blow this up is they come in and they're like, oh, we have got to talk about this because we are hemorrhaging People hemorrhaging them. They're leaving in droves, and the owners <laughs> like, we only have seven employees, and you're like, they're ever oh, I'm leaving, you know? Like, <laughs> there's only ten of us hemorrhaging. Well, um, and you
0: say it, that, and it's funny, but at the same time, for for a manager, when you have three or four people quit oh, yeah. in a short period of time, it does feel like you're hemorrhaging, and so it, there can be that gut instinct of I have to attack this, and I have to attack it now because, you know. Three quarters of my team is is
1: now talking sure. about leaving. Yeah, I, totally, and that's totally true. And I and I, and I joke about and laugh about, it, but it's easy to feel that way. But but I have seen the person coming to the owner that is screaming alarm, alarm, alarm. We don't have benefits. Yeah, Our people are unhappy. Yeah, they're leaving. I have just seen that blow the whole thing or make it immediately unproductive. This is one of those times when uh the most productive way to approach it is everybody's cool. Mm-hmm. Like just headspace is be cool. This is this is a thing, you know, and we need to talk about it and but we need to see what's possible. But um when the manager comes and and acts like everything is on fire you know, and, and people are unhappy, they trigger a, you know, a panic attack in the practice owner who's like, I don't know how we're going to pay for this. And it, it, it hits those weird money buttons. And then the whole thing becomes this high stress, high stake shit show, you know, that could have been a calm, cool collection, collected conversation, looking at the numbers looking at what sort of benefit packages are out there, seeing what's possible, and working slowly through what we're going to do without anybody, you know, needing Xanax to sleep. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, like it could have gone that way. And so that's the last thing is, is know when you go in, you don't want to explode the world of the practice owner and give them a panic attack or trigger these things. And it seems obvious, but you need to make sure that you're not having a panic attack when you go in there because you better believe that the owner he or she is going to pick up on it and and it's just going to make this pal uh, bad so anyway yeah get your own head straight and just calm down this is a good idea let's work (laughs) through it let's take a break and then we'll come back and talk about how to do that
0: okay sounds great
1: Hey guys, I just want to jump in here real quick and give you some updates I got. I got two for you today. Number one, uh, if you're looking for something fun to do at a staff meeting, if you're looking for a very fast team building exercise to get your people to laugh together, to talk together, to just to be more interactive, just to talk back with you at the staff meeting so that you feel like they're not sitting there while you're talking at them. Uh, you're trying to do an icebreaker to get the meeting up and going and get people come out collaborating and communicating. Guys, I got something for you. It is a card game. It is the new Dr. Andy Work card game is called What's on My Scrubs. It is super fun and super funny. It is for the whole team to play together. It can be played in as little as 10 minutes. It can be played for as long as an hour. It is uh, all about just have something that you can whip out, do, laugh, uh, and then go on. So anyway, super customizable, super tailored to the time that you have for it. But it really is the easiest team building exercise that there is out there. Head over to DrAndyWork.com to check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes and then over on the Uncharted veterinary conference side of the house. If you are about getting stuff done, Sanani Ratnayaka, who is a fantastic speaker and a wonderful person, is doing a half-day workshop uh, on August the 14th. It's called The Secret Sauce to Optimizing Workflow. Sanani is all about getting things done and doing them in an efficient way. She's also a great culture person. She makes this uh, not a horrible experience, but she makes it something fun where your team is going to feel good about getting work done. Again, it's uh, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern time. That's 8 a.m. to noon Pacific on August the 14th. This is free to Uncharted members. It is 199 dollars to the public. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. You can find that at Unchartedvet.com. Guys, that is uh that's it from me. Let's get back into this episode.
0: Okay, so how how do we tackle this? Once we're we're calmed down, whoa there, we've taken our Xanax, we're we're ready to have the conversation. Uh, and we're not you know, approaching our practice owner in a way that's going to scare them. How do we? How do we actually? How do we tackle this? Because it's a it's a challenge.
1: Yeah, it is a challenge. This is one of those weird things too, where um, contemporary advice is come with a plan, and I push back against that. I'm like, you want to come with an idea of a plan because I will. T- so, um, so uh, I'll I'll tell you a story. Um, like there was a time when my wife came to me. And she was like, I want to go on vacation and I want you to come and it's going to be two weeks and this is where we're going to go and this is what we're going to do. And all of my reactions were negative. And I was like, I think inside of me, I was like, two weeks, that's insane. I can't go be gone for two weeks and I don't even know where that place is. And I don't even <laughs> like suntanning myself. And like, and massages? <laughs> like, I, I have, like, my... I, I've grown accustomed to the knots in my back. Um and and in retrospect, it was so dumb. I should have been like, oh my God, thank you for this. But I wasn't like, and she's like laying down maps and itineraries, and like I hadn't heard of this before. And it seemed like um this overwhelming, kind of terrifying thing in in my initial reaction. I don't I, I hope that that story doesn't sound completely bonkers to people, but it was almost like, um, I've just had experiences like that where you interact with someone and they say, hey, I have a problem and here's the plan. And I'm still processing the fact that there's a problem. Yeah. And you're talking to me about a program that we're going to enroll in, you know, and what's my social security number.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. It makes perfect sense because it, imagine how easily, if they don't even know that there's a problem, and you hit them with the problem. And then you're like, but I have this master grand plan that's going to solve the problem. Think about how easy it would be for their mind to still be back on, wait, we have a problem. And yeah. and tune out, even if they do listen to you, they still are not going to absorb the, the bulk of your plan. And so I very much agree with you. I would approach this very much from a two meeting yeah. plus perspective that I want to have a meeting to talk about, to talk about the situation. And in that first meeting, I want to make sure that they are in a good headspace and all of the things we talked about in the beginning and give them some black and white examples and concrete information to give them the least possibility to argue that we have a problem (laughs) because they still can, even if I present them with all the info in black and white, they can still argue we don't have a problem. because it's their practice and at the end of the day, they can decide how they wanna run it. And you might not be equal, you might not be seeing things eye to eye there. And so by having a plan to go into one meeting to talk that part through, let them process and also you process as the manager, like how am I gonna handle this? Are we seeing eye to eye? Are they open to this? Are they, maybe they could be open to it, but it needs some time to marinate. Like do meeting one and then give yourself the space and the out to be able to say, let's, let's, both think about this and let's circle back in a week or two weeks or whatever. And let's talk about some ideas. We can both brainstorm and kind of think about it and think about what questions do we have and then come back and have another meeting of the minds. That feels pretty safe.
1: Yeah, I agree. You you have to step one is convince them that there's a problem, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Step two is Determine their concerns or their desires as mm-hmm. far as solving the problem. Yeah, and, and, and again, so uh, going back to my wife coming with a wonderfully, beautifully planned vacation, um, I I felt zero ownership of this plan. You know what I mean? Because right. because mm-hmm. I she was like, "This is where we're going. This is what we're doing," and I'm like, "This is completely foreign to me. I have no idea like what else is available. Like, I, none of this is none of this is on my radar." Sure. And it's the same thing with with the owner. The point. Of working with the owner is to get we, we're gonna have to get buy in. Yeah. And the risks of coming with a fully formed plan is that it's almost impossible to get buy into a fully formed plan. Yep. Uh what you need to come is with a framework that the owner is is finds helpful on which to collaboratively collaboratively build the plan. Yep. And so that's how that's where I think people get in trouble. And so that that's the thing is um. At this point, this is a lot to process. Um, I think I think you're exactly right about coming in and convincing them there's a problem, and then planning on maybe maybe laying a little bit of groundwork, maybe hearing about where their head is at, you know, ju- and just kind of maybe making some proposals about some research you would be interested in doing, or yeah. some things that you might be able to pull together and look at, so that they so the owner feels like they have, uh, they've been included in some way, you know?
0: And I'm so glad you said that because the, the other piece for the middle here for me is, look, the doctors are usually overwhelmed. I have not met a practice, so it's been a long mm-hmm. time since I met a practice owner who didn't feel overwhelmed because of some capacity, and they like being doctors. They wanna be in the exam room, they wanna be with their patients for the most part. We have some practice owners who love the business end of it and would like to not be on the floor as much, but those are fewer and further between. So I, I think being able to say to them, like you just did, I would be happy to do some research on what the possibilities are, what this might cost us. If you step up to the plate in that way and alleviate their overwhelming panic button push, which is to say, I don't have time for this. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm drowning in patience. I've got two days worth of charts to write up. When in the hell am I supposed to research 401k options. Like that. that is a a conversation I've had with with the practice owner. And so as the manager or the person who is leading this conversation, the best thing that you can do is have that middle ground conversation where you step up to the plate and say, I would love to look at this or talk, you know, make some calls to our broker and see what the possibilities are. Again, you're not setting it firmly in place. So you're not, um, you know, I can just... I can just imagine poor Allison's face when she resented her beautifully laid out plan. And I know it was. She had all the T's crossed and all the I's dotted and and everything was included. And you probably looked at her and I can imagine your face too. And I can just imagine her, her response. And I could very easily see why a practice owner would have a similar thing because it is their business and they want to put their stamp on it and they want to have a say in it. And so being able to give them a plan that says, "Hey, look, I want you to be a doctor. I can do some of this heavy lifting, and then we can come back together and talk about how do we create this together so that they still have buy-in is going to be your best your best chance for success."
1: Yeah, it's definitely this uh this delicate balance of having a plan but not having something that is so polished they just go, "No." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't like that. Um yeah, so so that's that's definitely it. But yeah, I, I think that I think that that's the key. So there's 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 really there's really two pieces of this, right? So we we want to engage them on what's possible. One is talking to the owner about what's possible. You know, what what could we possibly do? What would mm-hmm. work? What are our options? And number two is engaging your people to see what they want. Yes. And like, I gotta tell you, I have seen so many benefits that no one gave a crap about. Yes. <laughs> you know. Yes. Like, hey guys. We got you gym memberships. And they're like, screw you, dude. <laughs>
0: Are you telling me I need to work out more? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like,
1: excuse you. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I, I mean, I I have 100% seen gym memberships that just never got used. And it was like the owner was fired up. And, yeah. then, and then she was like, they're going to love this. Uh, and it turns out that's not really what they were looking for
0: well and um, i will also say on the because i have absolutely i've experienced that as a te- as a team member and as a manager leading those programs and i've also worked in clinics where some of those things have been major hits and the thing that i love is you would be to to the to the second question in in uh the letter here how how do we add it without breaking the bank you would be amazed at how many creative and outside the box ideas that i have seen come from teams i never would have thought that that would have been a thing that they would have enjoyed and um without asking them without involving them in the conversation not this is the thing we're going to do and committing to anything right because you and I always talk about look let's talk about what could be possible and we're mm-hmm. we're brainstorming and we're spitballing yep. and I'm not committing to anything but I would love your input um and using them to to crowdsource and using your peers to crowdsource and talk to other other managers and I put together a list of some of the things that I've seen be wildly successful in, in practices, um, or that I've done myself that cost little to no money in the grand scheme of things, um, to put forth, uh, for, for our teams, but using your peers to see, see what's out there. Um, but starting with your own team, because every team is different and what works for a practice A is not necessarily going to work for practice B. And it's all about the, the actual humans that make up your team.
1: Yes. I completely agree. That's really kind of the balance is what's possible. What can, uh, what are we open to? What can we afford? And then what are your, what do your people want? And, um, you know, I I think, I think there's some core benefits that we want to look at that people really care about. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we did an episode, you and I quite recently on flexibility. Yep. And what does it, what does it mean to be flexible in scheduling today? Um, It's funny. um, You know, it, I was thinking, I was thinking just recently, um, how context matters so much in what we complain about and what's an issue and what's not an issue. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, for example, like, um, let's say that you, um, let's say that you're going to have a holiday. So we're coming in the summer. Let's, let's just say that your parents want to get a a beach house or they want to get together for a week. Mm -hmm. And you say, I can't come for a week, right? And, or I don't want to be there for a week. Uh, (laughs) That seems, that seems, that seems really, really, that seems really reasonable, right? right? Now, imagine that you say that and your family points out that this is the only time you're going to see them in the entire year. And you have the kids and that's their grandkids and they only get to see their kids for this one time. And you go to your in-laws house uh, multiple times a year and always post pictures on social media about doing stuff with them. Mm -hmm. And they just want you to come to this one thing for a week. Mm -hmm. You know, again, I I don't I don't know what's right or wrong. It doesn't matter. I I, but I I was just thinking about that recently as far as how much context matters to what we do. Yeah. So I bring this up because uh, when we talk about benefits, a lot of times people say, well, I need more time off. And maybe they do. Or maybe uh, they are generally looking for a, maybe you're getting this pushback about time off because they don't have any other benefits. either, Right. Or they Mm -hmm. have a number of small grievances. And so time off has become the focal point. But the truth is there might be other places that offer the exact same time off package that you do and no one complains about it because they also have these other things or they have flexibility in scheduling that yep. goes with the time off. And so I, I just want to sort of put that forward as uh, you, these things are, are very interrelated. And I think that sometimes we tend to look at a benefit and say, what is this benefit worth? Do I have this benefit? Does uh, Do other practices have it? Do I have the same amount that they do? And it really is a, a package, right? It really is how these things interact. And so I don't want people to get hung up on the idea of what is the industry standard? Do I have that? Do I not have that? I think it's more really about putting together a package of benefits that takes care of your employees that they see value in and that you're able to support and provide. And and so there's so much room for creativity, but I, I don't want people to get hung up on the idea the staff says they want more time off and I'm giving them the amount of time off that I can give and we're at a stalemate and they need to suck it up. I, I think what the point that I wanna make is if you're giving them time off and they're still pushing for time off, maybe they're not really pushing for time off maybe they're pushing for flexibility uh, you know um, a, a way to move their their days around and maybe it's not about being off maybe it's about being free when they need to be free so those those are just sort of the, the types of thoughts that i have when i say don't 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 get stuck inside the box with this
0: and i'll g- i'll give you a great example so when we think about benefits we often we often think about time off right and and so time off healthcare and retirement. Those are the two big things that people's minds immediately go to when we talk about um benefits. And so um retirement is a is a great example because so many practices get hung up, well I don't offer a 401k. And um I think back to uh the, the um a practice that I worked in for a long time and the majority of the team was younger and our doctors were younger and they were new grads and they didn't Even the doctors didn't have a whole lot of money to be going into retirement because they were paying off their student loans. Right. So the nobody was wanting necessarily you to say, I have a 401k plan and this is what we do. But instead, Mm -hmm. the practice looked at um, offering a simple IRA as an alternative because we are still offering a retirement option. The difference between uh, a simple IRA for a practice owner to offer and setting up a 401k plan can be significantly different and impactful financially because it costs a lot more Mm. to run, set up and run a a 401k than a a simple IRA. And at the end of the day, the team had the flexibility they needed because they were younger to be putting something away. But they didn't need the max out benefits that a 401k plan offers. Um, in, in bigger businesses. And so sometimes it's about just shifting our focus a little bit in terms of how, how we're looking at even those traditional benefits. So for time off, maybe it's that they don't need two whole weeks a year. Maybe it's that they want three freebie personal days on top of their you know vacation that they can use however they wanna use it. And because we all need a mental health day once in a while. And if I worked for a company where I knew I got a a week or two weeks vacation um and I had I had a little bit of sick time and then I had a couple of freebie days where I could just say, I just can't deal with life today and I'm gonna call out and I don't have to worry about am I still gonna pay rent be able to pay rent this month if I don't go into work today? Like that's a that can be a huge benefit that again, it's just taking something that is simple that is traditional. And shifting our lens a little bit and looking at it from a different perspective.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's also important to think in this case, especially going with something like a simple IRA instead of 401k, because it's a good fit for your people now. That doesn't mean that you can't do something different in the future. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean that your business isn't going to transition to something later on. Sure. Um, I, I, I think that people are like, we have to do this benefit. And we have to do it forever. Um, it's a dicey proposition to give a benefit and then take it back away. But it's not the end of the world, and especially you know if we're going to start with something small mm-hmm. and we'll expand it if people use it. Um, I, I think that that is a nice safe way of kind of piloting some benefits and seeing what people like and what they don't. Absolutely, and same same for for time off, right? Like
0: I, so my most recent practice that I, that I worked um in when I started, they were they were the epitome of this um this example because they although they didn't pay so well in the beginning but they offered pay but they didn't have any other benefits they didn't have any fringe benefits including any time off and so i was like well i'm going to be able to give them time off but i can't go from nothing to giving a 20 person team three weeks a year off I, I, that's zero to 60 can't can't mm-hmm. can't do what? it right financially <laughs> I but what yeah. i could do was create a stair step program where i mm-hmm. acknowledged the 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 challenge to them and said hey guys I wanna do the right thing by you. I can't dive in the deep end, but here's what I can do. I can start with, we're gonna do a week of vacation time and a couple of sick days. And over the next three years, we're gonna phase in the additional benefits in this way and then lay out your plan for them. Because I I think, again, if the the team is aware that change doesn't happen overnight, we like to coincidentally forget that and think that they they are so resistant to it, but they they are aware. And if we say to them, I want to help and here's what I can do, it's not always going to be met with negativity and uh, dismay. I think we, we need to do a better job of giving everybody the benefit of the doubt and say, hey guys, I want to help. And here's what we can try for now. And we can change this and maybe things change and we can offer more sooner than we thought. Maybe it won't, but here's what I here's what I know I can commit to. And again, this goes back to to what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, which is talk about another way to alleviate some of your practice owners' concerns and fears. We're gonna stair step into this. We're not gonna go yeah. diving in. And so it takes some of that pressure that they're putting on themselves to provide for all of these team members. It takes some of that pressure off. which turns it turns that pressure valve down a little bit.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's that's so important. You know, the other thing too, um, I I think most employees, it's important to them that that you're trying. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's important to me that you're. It's important to them that, that you're trying and that you're making headway and that you want to take care of them and you're mm-hmm. you're trying to to move in that direction. Um, I I think that, yeah, and so I think a lot of people get caught up and they're like, we can't go from where we are to having this robust benefit package, you know, now or in a year. It's like, you know what? I don't think your staff is if they're there's they've been with you this long. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I think for a lot of them it really is about, are you moving in that direction? And, you know, there may be some people who say, I have to have this certain thing or, you know, or I'm gonna leave. But um that that's more rare. I think for most people, especially if you sort of catch it early on and start to move in that direction. I think most people um most people just want to know that you're moving along and they don't expect you to fix the problem right now.
0: Yeah. So, I think um when we talk when we talk about some of the things that we may already offer besides the the big the big 3, um the health insurance, time off and retirement. I think um you and I just did an episode about um staff discounts and and pet discounts and yeah. um, that's definitely one that you have to look at and that is one that um probably costs a very minimal amount in the grand scheme of things and can make a profound impact for the team. Um, yeah. And it's one that you share with them. So from the practice owner's perspective, just because you ratchet up the discount that you give them doesn't mean that you're footing that entire bill. They still are paying taxes on it. So you can still create a staff benefit program where you give over the IRS allowance but the but the team is helping take care of of the final financial impact to that because they're paying tax on it as a taxable income um but but we know I mean there there have been studies shown the profound impact that being able to bring our pets to work has so for hospitals that um, maybe don't have an option where the team gets to bring their pets to work even once in a while creating something like that, that costs us nothing. It, it costs us yeah. the time at the end of the day to clean out the kennels or clean out the, the cat cages and um, some extra cleaning supplies. But we know um, from non-veterinary related studies that being able to have our pets at work, being able to take my dog out for a walk during lunch, that makes a profound difference for people.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, I, I completely agree that it, it sort of goes back to what I was sort of saying about the the context. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, the overall package together really matters. And yeah, it's (laughs) you can get laughed off the stage if you're like, guys, I have a new benefit. I'm going to let you go outside during the day. Uh, you'll get laughed on the stage. But if that's built into your culture, you'll find that you tend to have happy, you know, happier people. Those those things are important. Some things we frame as benefits. Some things are just benefits that we kind of put forward. But overall I think those things uh they're interconnected and, and I think they support each other.
0: So I've got one more one more big one that um, helps us kill two birds with one stone. And then I would love to throw out some um, unconventional and fun ones that I have come across um, during my time as a manager. I think the other thing from a financial perspective that is worth hitting is looking at tuition assistance programs and or um, student loan repayment. And so from a uh, tuition assistance, we know you and I just did a um, an episode about um, the fact that we have people leaving this industry in droves and we have to train, like pr- credentialed paraprofessional staff do not drop out of the sky. We are at a place where we have to train our own. And so creating tuition assistance programs so that we can help put our team through school and help them be able to afford to go to school to get licensed is a no-brainer for me. Um, And I think we often think, well, I can't afford that. Nobody's saying you have to foot the whole bill. Um, And there are things that you can do to make it less expensive. Reach out to the schools and ask them, hey, if I enroll a certain number of students, can I get a discount on the tuition? It may only be, you know, 5%, but you would be amazed at what you can do when you take a page out of Corporate's Book and look at at how do we pool our resources. So if you maybe only have one person, but there's multiple other clinics in your area that are also sending their texts to school who says you guys can't band together and talk to the school and say, hey, look, if we commit to having you know, 20 people come through the program in the next two years, can we get a discount? Like th- this is this is where we think outside the box. And on the flip side of that, the student loan repayment thing, that is definitely a piece that corporate practices are helping doctors do really well. But I think it's an area where we can not only support our DBMs and offer options that support that, but also consider our staff because the cost to become a licensed um, credential technician is not low. And the return on investment in terms of their salary going up is abysmal. And so they're coming out of tech school with this huge debt. And they're still in lots of parts of the country, you know, making $10 an hour, it's going to take them 15 years to pay off to pay that. Uh, that amount off. And so what can we do to help offset that? Again, you don't have to foot the the full bill, but would you be willing to offer a graduated repayment program? If somebody stayed with me as an employee for five years, hell yes, I would put money down on, on that longevity as a return on my investment. It just makes sense to me to think about how do we take care of our teams and same for the doctors. You know, there's no good reason if I have a doctor that I like that is a cultural fit for our practice and I can engage them, why would I not figure out some way to help offset over time some of their student loan costs? Yeah. No. You know, I, I mean, private practice owners are looking at it going, well, I can't offer, a, a you know, $20,000 signing bonus. Okay, of course, that makes sense. It's not what everybody's asking for. There are lots of doctors out there that are like, I don't need the cash up front. I need help with my student loan payments. That's something that I can think creatively outside of the box with, as a as a smaller practice, right? It doesn't have to be go big or go home when it comes to comes to benefits.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a I think that's a great example. Um, we talked a little bit. It's kind of in the same it's kind of in the same vein of looking at benefits that make business sense as well. We talked about this when we talked about the um staff discounts in that episode. That was a really good episode. Uh, we talked a lot about pet insurance as a benefit. Yes. You know, uh, we talked about supporting our um supporting our staff so that they can take care of their pets mm-hmm. and following the rules and doing it legally right. uh, so the IRS is going to be happy and all that stuff. But uh, it's another example of saying, "Hey, I want my staff to have care for their pets." And I want to enable them and empower them to do it. And then also send some messages about what we think is important and what we believe as far as healthcare and, you know, and things like that. So I, I don't know. I, it kind of falls into the same bucket for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would, I would totally agree. Um, so I, I sat down and was thinking about some of the, um, some of the more creative things that I've seen that definitely don't, uh, break the bank to, to share with everybody. So, um, I have seen practices do like uh, take a page out of human healthcare and dentist's office and do like summer hours or holiday hours where when it's not their super busy time of year, when it's their low season, um, close, close the practice for a week and give everybody some extra time off. And it is unpaid. But you would be amazed at how often the team is stoked about that. Like when I call my doctor's office and they're like, oh, yeah, well, we're... Close for the next week because it we're we're all you know everybody's taking vacation, but we can schedule you in in three weeks when we're back. We're again we're used to that on our our own side, and I I think that that's um, a creative way to to look at something or consolidating our schedule so that maybe we can offer a four ten work week because maybe we have a day of the week where we are not as busy and we can consolidate our hours. Thinking creatively that way makes sense. Um, you know we. Uh, We talk about wellness as an industry and what we can do to better support wellness. This is an area of huge opportunity because we think about gym memberships um, and we think about, um, you know, I've seen practices offer that a lot, Um, but I have also seen some practices do some cool things with um, offering their team resources in a one and done way. So I've seen practices offer lunch and learn where they pay, um, you know, a couple hundred bucks and bring in a local yoga instructor or a local therapist to talk to the team about setting boundaries. And they buy lunch and do a one and done. Um, But the effects of that can be felt for the team for long periods of time. And so they're still receiving the the benefit of what they learn at those kind of things. And I I thought that that was super creative. And the options are endless for for what you you know what you do there, and it's a great opportunity for you as a practice to help get your vendor partners involved. You don't have to foot the whole cost for that. That's something that they are happy to help with. You know, bringing in lunch or finding you people in your community who can come in and help do that kind of stuff. Community volunteering the team loves especially if it has to do with animals but getting out mm-hmm. in the community and doing some sort of volunteer work together where you're compensating them for their time but you guys are doing something for the good of the community feels feels good it hits all the right buttons and it's it's fun and so yeah. can you take a day where you um you know do a saturday and and maybe the practice or pick a day where the practice is closed and say you're going to volunteer but if anybody wants to Come, you'll pay them for their time and uh, do something together. Or you'd be amazed at how often they're willing to just volunteer just to do something fun together as a group. It doesn't it doesn't have to to be paid, and you reap benefits. Um, on the flip side of that, for your community involvement and just getting out there and getting to know your community, it's a great way to
1: meet new clients. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And th- this is this is great ideas. Um, yeah, it's about. It's about putting together the stuff that's gonna gonna light your team's fire. Um, Absolutely, we've we've definitely done the masseuse days and just Mm -hmm. just little stuff like that. It's almost it's funny benefits and staff appreciation really kind of bleed together in Uh a lot of ways. And again, I guess I think that goes back to the sort of holistic approach to to putting something together that makes your your staff uh, feel good. I don't I don't I don't know that I would stand up. And say massage day is uh, is a benefit, but in another way, it absolutely, without a doubt, does uh, weave into the the fabric of what you're doing. Absolutely, and, um, yeah, it affects how they see other things that you do for them as well. So, yeah, Absolutely. you got any last minute, uh, final, quick, easy ones?
0: I, I have a whole list. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop them in the show notes because when Andy looked at my list, he was like, holy crap, this is like three pages long. This is going to be a <laughs> three hour podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and so I won't share them all with everybody now, but I will drop them into the show notes um, so that you guys can see some of the other stuff that I have that I've seen put together. And I would love to hear you guys's um, you guys's feedback and comments as well because I think that this is, um, like I said, you'd be surprised at the ideas that are out there. And by just asking your team, asking your peers, what have you seen? What have you tried? What worked? What didn't work? Um, how easy it is. And how quick it is for you and your team and your practice owner to generate a pretty hefty list to choose from when yeah. it comes to things that are are either not expensive at all, like can be done for a whole team for you know under two thousand dollars for a whole year, or that have a one and done cost, um, or are able to be long-term graduated investments in in the team as a whole. And so, um, yeah, this 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 is a fun one. I love talking about this this kind of stuff, um, because the reality is we we want to take care of our teams. And as you said, Andy, it does, it's the whole package. And um, this is where I love as a manager getting to be creative with my team and um think about how we can say, I see you. I appreciate you. And it—it it is true. We have to pay them a living wage. And in addition to that, it's about taking care of each other as whole people. And that doesn't have to come in the form of more money.
1: Yeah, great point. I think it's a great place to end this. Thanks a lot for uh, leading the discussion on this, Stephanie.
0: Absolutely. Have a great week, guys. Thanks, gang. Take care. Well, guys, that's it for another episode. Thanks so much for joining us again this week. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. And if you love this week's episode, we would love it if you would take them, take a moment and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. It really, really helps us get the word out. And if you are wondering what is coming up in the Uncharted community, if you haven't been over to the Uncharted website lately, you should go check it out at unchartedvet.com forward slash upcoming dash events and we have got an awesome calendar and I'm not just saying that because I put it together uh, but because I'm really really excited about some of the content that we have coming up for you guys as we head into the last half of summer and into the fall in fact next month we've got a great four-hour workshop coming to us from my friend, Sanani, Sanani Racknayaka. For those of you guys who have never experienced uh, a workshop that she does is amazingly talented at working with groups. And I'm super excited that she is doing a workshop on how to optimize workflow in your practice. So if you guys are struggling with the summer crazies, if you're still struggling with figuring out how to bring clients back inside from curbside and how to make changes to your your workflow as a team. This is one that you don't want to miss. You can find out all the details at the website. And um, I really hope that I will see you guys at an Uncharted event coming up here soon. Take care, everybody.